Hello, everyone. Welcome to and Let's Be Heard for Tuesday, January 18th, 2022. I'm Mike Kachopoli. How's everyone doing today? <clears throat> How was your Martin Luther King Day? Did you have it off or did you have to work? Which one? If you work for the Postal Service, you had it off. If you work for banks, you had it off. But some people did have to work. I know that. Some people had to work. <clears throat> but, you know, I was thinking about... Uh, Martin Luther King, and of course a lot of people like to do this game where they say, what would Martin think now, you know, about this issue or that issue, and people like to make stuff up. But uh, I was on Twitter earlier, and this dope, this absolute dope said he's going to go out on the limb to say that Martin Luther King would not have been a a fan of the Great Barrington Declaration. So Jay Bhattacharya, who's one of the authors of the Great Barrington Declaration, which basically, for those of you who who aren't sure what it is, said that if we had protected the elderly, if we had done done it nationwide, COVID response, the way they did it in, let's say, Florida, the way DeSantis did it, the way they did it in places like Sweden, maybe Japan, where you protect the elderly, you inform people of what they need to be informed about, you do your best to inform people. You do your best to tell people that the elderly and the immune compromised are at most risk. That over well over 90, 95% of the cases were and were going to be the elderly and the immune compromised. People with uh, various pre-existing conditions, usually what we've seen from the numbers, two or more. So you protect those people, you inform people, and you push treatments, early treatments as much as possible, and you let everyone else live their lives. And the result would have been no worse than where we are now. And many people believe, like myself believe, it would have been much better than where we are now, that we would have been over with this thing about a year ago, as opposed to going on year three now. So that's basically the great Barrington Declaration, which is, once again, the smart way, the common sense way, the science way, not the fear, hysteria, and political way. But this jerk says, oh, I, I, I know for sure. I'm going out on a limb to say, <clears throat> what's this asshole's name? Let's see if I can pick it up here. If he uses his real name. Holden Thorpe, Science EIC, whatever that means. Holden Thorpe, Science EIC. That's what he said today. And Jay Bhattacharya said, <laughs> oh, the editor-in-chief of Science Magazine. I guess that's who it is. Yes, EIC. That's a, I guess that means editor in chief. Are you a real fucking lunatic? Are you so full of yourself when you use EIC? Is that is that known for editor in chief? EIC. I am EIC. Anyway, he's EIC, editor in chief of Science Magazine, Holden Thorpe. Uh, and Jay Bhattacharya said, "Is the editor in chief conducting seances to divine MLK's thoughts?" on the Great Barrington Declaration. You know, one of many seances that people hold on, on, on days like this, and they say, well, Martin Luther King definitely would have thought this and definitely would have thought that. Now, my response to that, to Jay's treat was, now, now what Mr. Thorpe should do is do the racist vaccine passports and mandates. Do the absolutely racist vaccine passports and mandates. Tell me what MLK would have thought about those. Tell me what MLK would have thought about Civil rights violations, human rights violations, the majority of of blacks and Latinos not being able to go into a restaurant without papers, blacks and Latinos losing their jobs 
losing their businesses because they don't have the vac, they didn't take the vaccine. Now, MLK probably would have known. Who knows anything for sure, right? I'm not going to be like a, a, a total hypocrite, all right? I'm not going to be like a, 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 a total fucking lunatic and say I know what Martin Luther King would have done, would have said at 93 years old. Now, if he was a Betty White, 93, he might as well be 63. It's the same, no difference at all. When Betty White was 93, she talked like she was 63. But we don't know. We have no idea what Martin Luther King would have thought of anything, let alone if he would have been in good enough shape if he was alive to think about anything. But these people like to project. <clears throat> they, like, they like to project. They like, they like to project. Because it makes them feel better. It, validif- it, it, it validates their own screwed up way of thinking. It validates their own ridiculous narrative that's been proven wrong and dangerous and deadly over and over again for the past two years. But I know Martin Luther King would have been able to recognize that vaccine passports and mandates are racist because the majority of people who can't go into restaurants and bars in places with vaccine passports are minorities, are blacks. And I think Martin Luther King would have also understood the hesitancy of of blacks and Latinos and minorities, but blacks especially for not wanting an experimental drug used on them. He would have understood the history there. And so when you have a, when you, Democrats, see, this is, this is the hypocrisy of the Democrat. This is the hypocrisy of the Democrat. They talk about voting rights. They talk about voting rights as though blacks cannot vote. They're not allowed to vote. Black people cannot vote. They have no access to, to the ballot box. Now, there was a time during Martin Luther King's day when they did not, when there was actual racism. So they like to say that blacks are being (laughs) discriminated against at the ballot box, but they're not being discriminated against with vaccine passports. No, there's no discrimination there. We don't believe that, the Democrats don't believe that, that blacks should have to show their IDs to vote, but they absolutely have to show their papers to get into a bar or a restaurant, which is much more important than voting, isn't it? The hypocrisy is so easy. You know, the hypocrisy is so obvious. You can drive a Hummer through the logic of these people. Just huge gaps in their logic. Huge gaps. I don't think Martin Luther King would have liked any policy that discriminates against one group of people. I don't think Martin Luther King would have liked a policy that prevents more than half of African Americans from being able to go to a movie theater or a or live theater or a concert or a sporting event. Regardless of their reasons, and they have valid reasons like other people, but even more so, they have valid reasons for not getting the vaccine. And it doesn't matter. They haven't gotten the vaccine. So these policies discriminate against them, whether Democrats like it or not. Just like they believe certain policies discriminate against them in other areas. They don't necessarily have to talk about why they discriminate against them, why the history of why there's discrimination. They just say there's discrimination now. That's all they care about. When it comes to everything but COVID and vaccine passports and mandates, Democrats will say, well, there is discrimination. We don't have to talk about why. We know there is. There is, there is, there is. 
Well, with vaccine passports and mandates, there is, there is, there is discrimination regardless of the reasons. Regardless of the reasons. The numbers are the numbers. The percentages are the percentages. The reality is the reality. So if we're going to guess what Martha King would have thought about, <clears throat> about a policy that, that uses common sense and science to target something instead of fear and hysteria, I'll, I'll take the opposite of that. I think Martin Luther King would have loved the Great Barrington Declaration because I think Martin Luther King is the kind of guy who followed science and common sense and logic and simple, simple math. I think Martin Luther King was that kind of guy. I don't think he's the kind of guy who believed in fear and hysteria and going over the top and screaming and being a lunatic and overshooting the mark. I don't think he was that kind of guy. I mean, not from what I've seen, not from what I've heard. I don't think he would have accomplished what he accomplished if he was that kind of a a hysterical person. I think he knew how to target an issue. I knew he had to go after an issue with common sense and logic and facts and evidence on his side. So yeah, I think Martin Luther King most likely would have loved the Great Barrington Declaration and would despise what Democrats are doing. I think he would despise, absolutely despise a party that pretends to care about minorities, pretends to care about blacks and Latinos, but just uses them for votes, just uses them to win elections, just uses them to push their false narratives. I think Martin Luther King would have absolutely called them out every time he saw that happening. Every single time. And that's my little seance that I've had with Martin. I believe, I have a dream that Martin would have been on our side today. Would have been on our side. The side of logic. The side of common sense. The side of science. The side of decency. Not fear and hysteria and Trump derangement syndrome. I don't think Martin Luther King would have had Trump derangement syndrome. I don't think he necessarily would have cared for Donald Trump, but a lot of people don't care for Donald Trump and don't have Trump derangement syndrome. I have a lot of problems with Donald Trump, but I don't have Trump derangement syndrome. Trump derangement syndrome isn't disagreeing with Trump, isn't thinking he made a lot of mistakes. Trump derangement syndrome is still him living in people's minds, free of rent, coming on a year now of him not even being a president anymore, not even being in charge anymore, and everything they see through the prism of Donald Trump, what they call Trumpism, and letting it totally, totally blur their reasoning, their judgment on every other issue, screw up everything they once thought or believed was right, Everything turned topsy-turvy because of one man. I don't think Martin Luther King would have had that problem. And I don't think Martin Luther King would continue to talk about Trump a year after he's out of office. Not just talk about Trump, but obsess the way Democrats do. Obsess over Trump. Obsess. I believe that is sick on every front. 
I mean, yes, I believe there were people on the right who obsess, still obsess over Obama or Bill Clinton or Hillary Clinton. I don't like any of them. I once did. I don't anymore. I haven't in quite a while. But I don't obsess over them. I don't obsess over them. This obsession with Donald Trump and seeing everything through the, that prism of, of Trump derangement syndrome, of, of saying, oh yes, this is horrible, but Trump. Oh yes, this is awful, but Trump. Oh yes, Biden's a terrible president, but he's not Trump, but Trump, but Trump, but Trump. Constantly, it's, it's an ex- constantly excusing things away that are bad, that are terrible, that are hurtful, that need to be changed because of Trump. Everything through that, that very narrow prism. I mean, talk about a low bar. Talk about setting a low bar for yourself intellectually. You're setting a very low bar for yourself intellectually when you do that kind of a thing. You really are. It's weak intellectually. It's lazy intellectually. It's just easy to do. Give me, give me anything. Give me any problem. Give me any, any, any problem. The, the streets, the traffic in San Francisco is terrible. It really is. It's awful. But Trump, oh, much worse. Forget it. Don't worry about it. We don't, gotta deal. don't worry about fixing it. But Trump, it's not Trump. The traffic isn't Trump. See how stupid that is? And you can do it with anything with Democrats. Anything. Speaking of dumb Democrats... Paul Begala. I mean, talk about a relic. These, this is the real... You want to talk about the real problem with the Democratic Party? Continuing to have people like Paul Begala and James Garville talk for you. Uh, letting them continue to speak words on television to represent your party. That's one of the biggest problems with Democrats. These fossils of the Clinton age. These Clinton-era fossils. They have, they have, the Democrats, there's my free advice for you. You don't have to pay me for it. Get rid of the Clinton-era fossils. But then again, I'm not going to obsess over Clinton. I promise, right? But no, this is a problem. This is a problem. Paul Begala says the Democrats, the leadership are, listen to this. Paul Begala actually said the Democratic leadership isn't the issue. It's the followers. It's the voters. Weak voters, weak-minded voters, weak-minded followers. Weak-minded people. This is the continuation of this COVID-era issue the Democrats have of blaming the people, not failed policies. Blame the people. No, don't blame the politicians. Don't blame the politicians or their policies that they enact. Blame the people. Oh, it's not Democratic politicians. It's not, it's not the policies that get Biden a 30% approval. It's the people giving him the 30% approval of morons. <clears throat> They're not team players. The Republicans, they got team players. Democrats don't have team players. Blame the people. Don't blame Biden. Don't blame Kamala Harris. Don't blame the woman who goes on TV and says something like, I, you know, it's such horrible word salad, I can't even say it. What did, what did she say? We tr- every day we try to do what we do every day, and every day we do what we need. Well, what the hell was that? No, don't blame her for saying that. Blame the voters. The voters put those crazy word salad, moronic words in her, ma- in her mouth. 
They made her say that stuff. She's so nervous about the horrible followers that she does not speak straight. One very, very weak, weak old heartbeat away from the presidency. I'd say there's a better shot than not that Kamala Harris becomes president. We have three more years to go. Come Thursday, there's still three years left, man. And woman, sorry. Three years left. Three years. I think there's a better than 50-50 shot she becomes president. How frightening is that? How frightening is that? She cannot put two sentences together. Yet Paul Begala says that's not the problem. That's not the problem. The people criticizing her for not being able to put two sentences together, they are the problem. They are the problem, the voters. No, it's not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not the fault of the people like Gavin Newsom who locked down Joe Biden, who could only talk about vaccine and mask. That's his whole COVID policy is vaccines and masks. That's it. Look how well it's worked. That's all he knows. Vaccines and masks. Doesn't know anything else. It's not, that, it's not their fault, though. It's not their fault. It's not their fault they're imposing policies that are making businesses close down, that are killing tourism, that have killed jobs, that are making people not want to go back to work, making people not be able to go back to work, having companies have to shut down or pull back on hours because they have enough people working for them. No, that's not the problem. The problem of the people, the workers. That's the, that's the problem, the, the, the voters. The people who put them in office, they're the problem, not the people in office. I mean, this is such a, this is ridiculous. How absurd is this? How absurd is this? How do you say those things with a straight face? How do you say the problem is not the people in office, it's the voters who put them there? Not the people who make the policies. It's the people who are forced to, to follow these horrible policies that have destroyed society. It's their fault. It's their fault. And you see, it's, it's the privilege, it's the elitism, it's living on that perk that allows you to say something like that and not even realize what you're saying. Not even realize the consequences of what you're saying. <clears throat> it's so, being so out of touch. And it's because of this. It's because of this that something very significant happened. Forget about Biden's 33% approval, all right? Forget about, you know, Democrats having a 10-point lead in the generic poll for Congress. Forget about all that stuff. Something that happened, which has hardly ever happened, and Newt Gingrich brought this up. You know, you can say what you want, whether you like him, love him, hate him. He knows about politics. He knows about polls. He knows about numbers. There's a huge shift in the last quarter of 2021 in party ID. Republican Party ID went up seven points. Democrat Party ID went down seven points. It's a 14-point swing at the end of 2021. And that's before a lot, of these Biden, a lot of Biden's issues in the first month so far of this year. A 14... Party identification rarely changes much. A point here, a point there. It is stunning that the GOP gained seven points and Democrats lost seven points in Party ID. A 14-point swing last year. That is absolutely earth-shattering.
volcanic, tsunami. <laughs> it really is. But no, no, no. Don't blame the Democratic politicians. See, blame the soft supporters who couldn't wait to become Republicans. <laughs> and wait a minute. Remember, this is only switching from Democrat to GOP. This doesn't even include switching from Democrat to independent, people who don't want to make the full leap, but have left the party and became a no party or an independent like me. That doesn't include those people. Wonder what the numbers are if it include people who went from Democrat to independent. Still leaving the party, regardless. Like me. Let me tell you something. These people don't want to know the truth. They don't want to have to change. What they want to say is, we believe we did the right thing and the selfish, selfish people didn't like it. The selfish people didn't want to stay home for two years. The selfish people didn't want to go get a medical, a medical experiment where they don't know what's going to happen to their bodies five years from now. The selfish people didn't want to get 17 boosters, not knowing what that juice is going to do to their system and their immune system. Oh, the selfish, selfish people who didn't want to have to show their papers to go into a restaurant. Oh, the selfish, selfish people who didn't want to have to quit their jobs to watch their kids at home because their kids couldn't go to school. The selfish, selfish people. From your privileged perch, where none of it affects you. I want you to understand this. None of these mandates have affected the people who impose them. None of these mandates have affected one person who imposed them on millions of people. And case in point are situations like Gavin Newsom when he goes, he says, you can't go to a restaurant, but he goes to French Laundry. Uh, London Breed in San Francisco, the mayor who says, you can't go out without a mask on into a club, but I can be at a club without a mask. Even when it comes to situations where they're supposed to abide by their own rules, the rules they made, we don't like them, they did it. They say, oh, the hell with you, we can do what we want. And because of their wealth... And their, and their position, they never lost their jobs. They never lost a paycheck. They have such beautiful homes. They didn't have to worry about staying in, even though they didn't have to stay in like everyone else. So understand that. These are people who imposed life-restricting, societal-damaging, life-damaging mandates on you, and it did not affect them one bit. They didn't even have to abide by their own rules, their own laws, their own mandates. In a fair and just society, those people would have been pulled from their positions, would have been forcibly pulled from their positions and thrown onto the floor. But not here. Here they continue to stomp on your throat continue to stomp on your child's throat. And people actually say, they don't get it. This is why Glenn Youngkin won. This is why Glenn Youngkin won. Parents want to be able to decide what is best for their children, not the government. And so Glenn Youngkin wins, and he does what he said he was going to do. 
He just says the parents get to decide whether their kids wear the mask, not the school boards, not the state, not the cities, not the counties, not the government, not big government, parents. And people go crazy. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He actually followed through with a promise, a promise that won him the election. And people actually believe the government should have the right to tell your children what to do, bypassing the parent. They believe this bullshit. They believe it. The government should say, you muzzle those kids for as many years as we want you to muzzle them. And we're going to go from suffocating cloth masks to totally suffocating N95 masks. And too bad you can't do anything about it. There are studies that show the damage done by cloth masks. Psychological and mental damage done by cloth masks. N95 masks are 100 times worse. We're going to force them on your kids. Too bad about short-term damage. Too bad about possible long-term damage. Too bad. People actually believe the government should be able to do that. To your children. To harm your children. And you have no say in the matter. There are people who believe this. They believe it. It is in their core that the government should run your lives. The government should run your children's lives. You just had the children. The government owned them. You just elected the government and pay the taxes. The government owns you. People believe this to their core. They are dangerous people. They are dangerous people that must be knocked off their perches by any means necessary. Sorry to give a Malcolm X quote on the day after Martin Luther King Day. But I have a dream that they'll be knocked off their perches. Oh, a hard fall. They need a hard fall. So yes, that's uh, very bad news for Republicans. Sorry, for Democrats. A 14-point swing in party identity. It's, It's setting up for a total... Wipeout in November, a total wipeout in November that there will be Democrats, millions of Democrats voting Republican for the first time. Like myself. Like myself. Understand that. I'm 50 years old. I've never voted for Republican for federal office ever. I've only voted for Republican for city office once in my life since I'm 18. And I will absolutely vote for Republicans in November. And there are millions and millions, obviously, from the party identity poll like me. For those of you who don't follow Martin Kulldorff, you should, at Martin Kulldorff. On, uh, that's, that's Martin, K-U-L-L-D-O-R-F-F, two L's and two F's. He's an epidemiologist. He's a biostatistician. He's an infectious disease expert. And he's been great this whole time. The whole time. And he put up a, a MLK quote, which I think is great. There comes a time when one must take a position that is neither safe, nor politic, nor popular. But one must take it because it is right. And Martin and people like myself and others have taken this position for almost two years now. For almost two years now. Just like Martin Luther King took positions at the time were not very safe, obviously. Not putting myself or any of us on that level. 
But that quote is everlasting. It, it makes absolute sense. At the time, you've got to take a stand, even if, it's not, even if you have the majority behind you at that moment. History will judge you better. And this is quick history. This is happening much quicker than the civil rights movement. We're seeing now, not even two years now, we're seeing people change. We're seeing the, seat, we're seeing the tide change. We're seeing people wake up. We're seeing people wake up. We are. We're seeing them finally wake up. And I only hope that, and I believe it will continue, day by day, day by day. When they tell lie after lie after lie and say, oh, but believe the next thing we say. We lied about masks, but believe the, we lied about cloth masks for two years, but believe us about N95s. We lied about the lockdowns, but believe us about passports. We lied about mandates, but, you know, believe us about the next thing we say. We lied about the vaccine stopping transmission, but please believe us when we say it cuts down on deaths. Please believe us. The first two vaccines we were wrong, it didn't do much, but believe us that the booster will. And when the booster doesn't, just believe us that the fourth shot will. <laughs> when does it end, people? Come on. Come on. The, the absurdity is so obvious. The absurdity is so obvious. It really is. After a while, you just have to have some kind of self-worth. Come on, channel your inner MLK. Self-worth, security, belief in something. Belief in your own values, not just when you're being fed, force-fed by people. I'm going to end on that note. It's as optimistic as I can be. This has been in Let's Be Heard. I'm Micah Chopoli, and I'll speak to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening as usual.